Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Thin Air podcast for January 23rd, 2015. Uh, I had the wonderful privilege of being on stage at a local theater last night in front of a room of probably 50 to 70 or so people as part of a story swap event that happens uh, every couple of months here in Fort Collins, Um, And it's a great event uh, in general, and getting to hear all of these different individuals share stories of triumph and hilarious tragedy uh, is just a great way to spend an evening. The topic for this most recent uh, story swap was oops, (laughs) or oopsie-daisy. And uh, I intended to give myself a bit more time to prepare, but I ended up just sort of shooting from the hip um, and gave a little talk, a little story (laughs) that I thought was fitting, and I wanted to sort of recapture it here as a little podcast and, and share it with more listeners. So I began just by setting up the stage Uh, Last night, before the story swap, kind of searching and trying to think about stories to share. And I realized that although I have a ton of, you know, the mix-up stories or the getting lost or um, the (laughs) drug trip gone wrong or all of these different things that can be an oops story, um, I was just sitting there on the couch trying to think about something and uh, my blind dog... Uh, walks into my leg, as she always does. Um, So I have a little red healer. Her name is Maya. Uh, We actually kidnapped her from Texas. So she is here by mistake. Um, We rescued her, and then the owner (laughs) came looking for her about a week after we we rescued her from our friends who were taking care of, of this dog at the time. So... Uh, Her whole life is sort of a giant oops uh, scenario, and the fact that she's lost her sight in the last uh, couple years definitely adds to her oopsie nature. Um, I think being with her is a wonderful highlight reel of uh, unfortunate uh, physical comedy. But I'm sitting there and I'm watching my dog, and her uh, managing and getting by in this sort of blunderous series of accidents. Uh, And then my three-year-old son, who definitely takes after me, he's a a runny, jumpy, very physical kind of uh, individual. And, you know, he's, he's running around, and every time he trips and falls, he ends up sort of saving it into this graceful, accidental half-dance, half-ninja uh, sort of maneuver. And I start sort of realizing that uh, I'm surrounded by accidents. And when I started to think about my own life, it was hard not to feel like all of the circumstances that led me to be in the place where I am with uh, you know, the woman I married and the house that I live in and the friends that I have and the businesses I've started and uh, just everything that kind of adds up to that is this unbroken chain of strangely graceful accidental happenings. So I kind of pushed it and went down the rabbit hole a little bit. I started looking up uh, 
sort of the etymology of the words that were involved in the story swap. So just oops-a-daisy. Um, the first thing I looked up was oops, and I was fairly shocked to discover that the word oops didn't appear in print in the English language until the mid-1920s. And as my wife said, how fitting. I'm sure they were saying it a lot. Um, but it's a very recent word, uh, and it's strange to think about a world without oops. Uh, but we've only had it for about, you know, 100 years, a little bit less. So um, that was interesting, and I, and I probed a little deeper and found that probably where oops came from is from this sort of oopsie-daisy. And um, that actually is a phrase that comes from um, Britain, and it's not so much oops-a-daisy as it is up-a-daisy. And it's something that is said, uh, fittingly, when a child falls and you pick them back up and you say, up-a-daisy, uh, pushing up that daisy <laughs> in the uh, in the better sense than the usual. Um, but this up-a-daisy, when you're lifting a kid up, uh, is... I think a beautiful representation of, of this thing that I was kind of trying to dig towards. Because again, when my, when my little son uh, runs across the floor and trips and falls or bumps into something, uh, he's, he's learning in every one of those instances. And he is really, you know, having seen him since the day he was born and then crawling and rolling and uh, all of these steps towards bipedal motion, um, as a huge series of accidental uh, happenings that then teach him about balance and about uh, what you can get away with and what you can't and what hurts really bad and what just hurts a little bit. Um, so this up-a-daisy is a great way, I think, of looking at these sort of accidents that uh, befall all of us all the time. And with that, I kind of began exploring uh, the word accident because the the depth the definition the dictionary definition of oops is uh, kind of related to an accidental happening or a mishap um, and so I looked into the word accident and was surprised to learn that it is from a Latin uh, pair of roots uh, that really just sort of means a falling into uh, and it was best understood the word accident really just meant an event for a long time. It didn't really take on a negative uh, spin until much later. But the idea of an accident was really just of a happening. And what was interesting to me is that, um, again, in this, in this worldview of all of my life uh, being a series of accidents, it was more that it was a series of happenings. And that seemed a little bit more fitting to the, uh, the picture that I was trying to paint of my living room last night with uh, this sort of comedy of small children, blind dogs, and um, me in the middle of it. So with that, um, I began sort of remembering some concepts that I really enjoy from Zen Buddhism. And primarily, it is this uh, concept of the art of controlled accidents. And this is a central idea to Eastern art and uh, Zen in particular. Uh, this idea of falling gracefully. Um, it's the idea that if you're falling, dive. 
and a lot of Eastern art and culture uh, is sort of a, a, a celebration of this happy accident. So in the arts, they use a lot of very natural mediums, uh, wet ink that just runs, and uh, they, they use big brushes that just let the ink be ink, and uh, the gravity and the sloshiness and all of that uh, arrive at these beautiful forms that are very accidental. It wasn't as if the artist had the foresight to know where every little bristle was going to end up and how the paint was going to run and what the paper was going to do. Uh, you know, the expert master would set up this condition of events and then really let the art create itself. And there's forms of pottery in the East, and we even have it here in the West. Uh, you might have seen pottery that looks like it's broken, but it's all held together. Uh, that is another form of this sort of controlled accident in, in art, where uh, clay, when fired at a certain temperature, cracks, but it cracks very beautifully and stays together and you get these just magnificent patterns that are completely accidental but are just aesthetically very striking. So I started thinking in those terms and it led me back to a concept that I've shared uh, many times on this podcast, this concept of, of Wu Wei. Um, the Wu Wei is this idea of not forcing, uh, of sort of going with the flow and arriving at new outcomes based on your uh, participation, but not necessarily your intention. And when I thought about the word accident, uh, it, it seemed to me that the way we use that word accident is really as an opposition to our intentions. So if something, if something happens that was unintended, uh, it, it is an accident. Uh, even the word intention is, is, is a strange one, and I just love these uh, word uh, puzzles because I feel like the clues to our existence in our world are, are almost buried in the words that we use when we actually stop to think about them. So intention, uh, tension is a, is a strain. It's an energy uh, sort of bound in a system that is under stress that at some point has to be released. So intention is a very strange way to live your life, I think. To be constantly in tension uh, with all of the things that are going on around you is, is sort of that pulling against um, the natural goings of things. So this idea of intention and this idea of accidents, I think uh, really led me to, again, just continue this, this uh, exploration down the rabbit hole into these concepts of Wu Wei and the non-forcing. And uh, as we've discussed, you know, the, the idea of Wu Wei is that in, in a perfect existence, which doesn't even really exist, it's just a, a, a thought experiment really, but the, the perfect human is a human who acts without thought, without intention, without uh, trying to force outcomes, but is just sort of perfectly in a state of flow and rolling with the punches, we might call it. And one of the great analogies that I, I love from Zen literature uh, and literature in general is the idea of the archery student. So if you've ever fired a bow, uh, a great example of tension. When you pull that string back, uh, your whole body is in tension and you have a target out in front of you and, and your intention 
starts in your body and just the tenseness of your muscles and the strength of your fingers and the pulling back against that weight. And then it extends, that tension in your body extends towards the target so that your intention is manifest in your body and then projected at a red dot, you know, maybe 50 yards away. And expert bow hunters or uh, expert archers, one of the skills that expert archers have, and, and they, you know, some people are natural, other people have to have to work at developing this, is, is almost to release that arrow without even thinking about it. And there's this wonderful little story in Zen literature about the, the student, the archery student, trying to learn how to fire this bow. Because anytime he thinks about it, he finds that there's additional tensions and little things that happen in the fingers so that the arrow doesn't get released cleanly. Uh, it's that anticipation that uh, when you pull the trigger of a gun or something, you, you wince, you know, you know it's coming. And that actually to keep that intention uh, lined up with the target, uh, the best release of a bow is to do it without even knowing that you've done it. To just let it slide out almost as if it were an accident, but it is happening at the moment uh, it needs to. And uh, this idea, I think, is, is a powerful one because bringing this back into this whole story swap and these ideas of oops, uh, oops-a-daisies, um, as I listened to the other stories that evening, it was kind of a fun reflection on how all of these people, even though some of the stories that they were telling were just downright grisly and embarrassing and, uh, I mean, just awful in terms of something that you, you could have happen to you, uh, nonetheless, there was this recognition that uh, the, the sum product of their life, including these events, uh, was what led them to be up on that stage, making an entire room full of people laugh. And there was a sort of beautiful grace in that in the, in the accidental nature of uh, our daily doings, that there is this whole story unfolding and this beauty. And um, the, the, the thing that it really made me realize was how accidental we all really are. And I, I actually looked up the stat of uh, how, you know, what percentage of the population is here as the result of an accident, uh, specifically accidental pregnancy or uh, unintentional pregnancy, unplanned. Uh, and it's, it's 51% of the US population was the result of an unplanned pregnancy. Uh, was unintended. So half of us listening right now are here because of a very big oops-a-daisy in our parents' lives. Uh, in fact, many of us might, you know, the first thought that our parents ever had of us might have indeed been, whoops, <laughs> uh, oh crap. And f even for the, or the minority of us who are here as a result of very fastidious planning and expertly uh, life-living <laughs> parents who planned us down to a T, uh, chances are that uh, our parents, you know, the 50-50 rule continuing back and back, you don't have to go very far be before that coin lands on the other side and your great-grandma or your, you know, your grandfather, great-great-grandfather, uh, someone in that line is an accident. Uh, I don't think there's a single person on this planet who could possibly think that they're here 
in any other way except a, a pure uh, accidental happening. And uh, hallelujah, uh, I got to share a funny little tidbit that uh, my wife, as legend goes, is the offspring of a Smurfette and a Flyman on a Halloween party in Boulder in the 80s. Uh, and hallelujah for that accident, right? Um, so without sort of belaboring this point, I just uh, really enjoyed this line of thought. I thought that it got to some kind of cool discoveries. Um, again, continuing this, the Zen-inspired uh, flavor, there is a poem by a German poet named von Kleist that talks about a man who must fight a bear. And if the man doesn't beat the bear, the bear is going to kill him. Um, and so he has to fight this bear to the death. But the thing about the bear is that it is uh, psychically connected to him so that it knows everything that he's thinking the moment he thinks it. So if he has a knife or something and he tries to stab at the bear, the bear immediately knows what is coming and is able to dodge and block. It's like uh, fighting a psychic. Um, it's, it's really impossible to get the upper hand because they can just read every line of what you're doing and what you're thinking. And this man has to beat this psychic bear. And so the only way that he's able to overcome this, uh, this situation is to do it by accident. Uh, he has to fight this bear without knowing what he's going to do next. And uh, through, through the process of this Wu Wei, this uh, accidental happening, the man is able to uh, overcome the bear, uh, not by his own intention, but certainly by his own actions. And uh, just by disconnecting that thought process and really um, falling into the accidental nature of the moment, uh, the man is able to defeat this psychic bear. Uh, just just kind of some cool things. So um, then again, you know, going down this rabbit hole, I, I just started remembering that a lot of discoveries and things that we take for granted also are uh, direct products of accidents. Uh, some of the more famous ones include uh, the microwave oven. I believe the story is that uh, a man in a, a laboratory somewhere had a chocolate bar in his pocket or in his desk or something and they were experimenting with different frequencies of radio waves and when they got to microwaves they found that the you know the chocolate bar in his pocket had been accidentally melted and it was a discovery that microwaves could be used to heat uh, water, uh, you know, heat food. Um, another one very famous is penicillin. Uh, penicillin being a, I believe it's a mold, uh, that is capable of uh, killing bacteria. It's an antibacterial. Um, and that was a pure accident. They left a Petri dish in some place and forgot about it. And when they came back, there was this mold. And uh, you know, it wasn't the intention to go out and discover the curative properties of penicillin. But, you know, through this, this uh, happy accident... Uh, that gave a gift to the world that it can't be understated in terms of its uh, effect on people's lives. Other examples include uh, LSD was discovered by accident, uh, the slinky was discovered by accident, um, all kinds of just little strange uh, things that we take for granted and, and even some amazing products that have changed the world and, and made their discoverers very wealthy uh, again 
uh, occurred out of out of tension. Uh, one of the favorite stories that I found is that uh, cornflakes were discovered by accident, and not only that, uh, they were intended to prevent masturbation. Apparently, uh, Kellogg and his brother. Uh, began experimenting with uh, wheat-based food products, thinking that a blander diet would satiate sexual urges, and they sort of accidentally left this baking sheet of old uh, cornmeal uh, out somewhere, and it ended up curling up and kind of creating these little flakes, and there's the uh, the birth of a cereal empire. Uh, but just just kind of funny stuff. And uh, bringing it all back around, again, you know, my dog, uh, Maya, was sort of the inspiration for this. And as she bumps into my leg, and I mean, the other day she, f- she fell into a hole, and it's just, it's very tragic. But um, her, her whole existence right now is a, a string of accidents that always seem to get her to the right place. She always ends up warm and safe and curled up on the bed at night. And although we, uh, you know, from the moment that we adopted her, uh, fueled by margaritas, stolen from Texas, her whole life has been a, a happy accident unfolding. And I think that in that little snapshot of a creature and its life, I see pretty much uh, the, entire, the entire world and certainly my life. And uh, just, just gave me a new perspective and a new appreciation for uh, allowing the trips and the ups and daisies, um, because at the end of the day, uh, it's it really can't be any other way, and it's always those uh, moments of of unintention where the biggest discoveries happen. So anyway, I thought that was kind of a fun little uh, short and sweet podcast. Uh, I just wanted to share, um, but I thank you all, and until next time. Uh, actually, you know, before I conclude here, I just want to introduce as well uh, my excitement in beginning another uh, project uh, similar to Thin Air, but I think with a little bit more uh, mass appeal and uh, just possibilities for reaching uh, greater numbers of people. But uh, I believe that there's going to be some good cross-pollination between these Thin Air podcasts and Uncomplication Uh, uncomplication.com is where you can find a lot of my uh, most latest and greatest uh, rantings, writings, uh, scribblings, and other goodies. So be sure to check that out. But until next time, I thank you and uh, peace, love, and happiness.